right, everybody, welcome to the third episode of the Maze of Thoughts podcast. Now with weekly topics, that's right, we're going to be talking about weekly topics so that you guys get a little bit of engaged with our conversations, okay? So basically, we have our, all our topics to talk about. But also, let me say to you guys that we also have Twitter, we have Twitch, we have YouTube, we have all of these things, uh, Patreon, that we still are working on it, we're still trying to figure it out. But we have all these things that you should definitely check out. So for the most part, most of them are Maze of Thoughts podcast. So you go forward slash Maze of Thoughts podcast, or you can also go with uh, uh, Thoughts. Um, what was it? Thought Maze. I think it was Thought Maze. Yeah. So introducing the people. Yeah. Introducing the people available here with us. Uh, we have Miss Nomer. Hello, Miss Nomer. How are you doing? Hey, hey. I'm glad to be here again. All righty then. And we have Wretched. Hey, what's going on? So um, I'm going to be starting with my topic uh, because... It's getting old, I think. I think it was literally this week. I think it was like Monday or Sunday or Tuesday or something like that. But basically, so um, there's this actress and you guys should know who she is because she did Triple X back in the day. I remember her from Triple X. Her name is Asia Argento or Asia Argento or whatever the fuck it is. But um <laughs> She basically had a movement called hashtag me too going uh, on because I think some actor took advantage of her or something like that. And then um, basically she also took advantage of a 17 year old actor, which then resulted because he came out with the story and this resulted in a $300 uh, fine. I think it was 300 and something thousand uh, fine. So um in my opinion, I I mean, to do, uh, to have some interactions in a sexual manner with Asian Argentos, uh, I would take the 300, 300, I would take 10,000 even. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I would do it for free. Fuck it. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, man, that situation is so crazy. So actually, the founder of the Me Too movement was Tarana Burke. And um, mm. it makes me laugh that Asha Argento gets the credit for that because I think she was a big uh, proponent for it. But it's... Yeah. And I read a few articles about um, her saying, like, in light of the accusations that she's getting, she's asking not to dilute the Me Too movement based on what happened with her. But it's kind of like, you got to understand, when you're essentially a front runner for something you are a representation of what you display so i mean of course people are going to dilute the movement because of what you did because it's ironic <laughs> mm -hmm. you're here to talk about like assault sexual assault and you know not being um believed and not being taken seriously when you like, you know, confront your accuser. I mean, you confront people about it. And then here you go messing with a 17 year old, which I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure about the, um, what should I call it? The age of consent when it comes to this, but like, I'm pretty sure that statutory rape and getting a $300,000 fine for that doesn't sound like enough because you took advantage of a minor. What? So wait, so who got, so she got the $3,000 fine or the 17 year old? That's what no, I got. She, did. she, she, she did. paid, she paid him. 
and this is what I'm saying. Like, uh, so she pay like you're essentially from what I'm understanding, she's paying this kid off by saying, okay, you know, we did this and I'm getting backlash for it. So here, I'm going to give you restitution for what you're going through, but that's not enough. Like you, you basically, because I think I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Mm -hmm. I, I do think that uh, the, the whole prosecution, the situation is still going on. So okay. that was like a, 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 a starting point for the, the thing. Um, honestly, I mean, uh, she's hot, dude. I mean, oh, if, if I was and the girl like that tries to go for me, I mean, <laughs> I would be lucky as fuck. I'm just saying. But it's like that old the, the kid who, with the teacher. She was hot as fuck. Just, you know, again, but I'm a dude, so it's good that we have the female perspective around here to uh, kind of tell us uh, what's what's going on. <laughs> because I'm honest, I I would I would hey, three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I'll do it for free again. Well, I think like you got to think of it like this. Yeah, you know, she's she's very attractive and whatnot. But at the same time, if it were reversed, if it were a guy, I guarantee. Like he'd be thrown under the bus immediately, you know. He would be in jail by now and probably right. an almost death sentence. Yeah, right, and that's what I mean. I think no matter who it is, if it happens, they should get the same thing across the board. Thank you. Yeah, this—that's what I was trying to allude to. I did it in a really roundabout way, but no, I completely agree with that. Everyone should be held accountable when you do things like that. Doesn't matter if you're a woman hitting on a child, essentially. Like that's oh, that's. It was a big pet peeve of mine is that like women get away with stuff like that. And I'm like, no, you're an adult. Why are you fiending after a child? Can you not deal with someone within your age range or, or you know, even a year older? Like- exactly. <laughs> like shit. What? I don't understand. Like that's, you're, that's predatory behavior. And I really, I don't care how hot you are. There's something wrong. Like what's going on in your head? that you think that this is okay. All right. Like, thanks for uh, making me sound like a weirdo. No, uh, not you. <laughs> no. Okay. No. I, will, I will play this side too, because I am also a guy. I agree with you as well. If I were in that situation, hell yeah, I'm taking it every single time. And I, I'm not going to lie. I had a few teachers growing up in like high school that were just like, if I had the chance, I definitely would, but it still doesn't make it right on their oh, part. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, Okay, if we're talking at a dude level, yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, oh my god, are you kidding me? I mean, because when I was in school, let me say that I had a chemistry teacher, I kind of touched her buttocks. Um, I I had a plan to do it too, so that she wouldn't know. She knew, she noticed, she knew, but she wasn't against it, but. Um, again, yes, if we're going for the, uh, logical level, logical situation, yes, then it is wrong to do. It is wrong to do that. Um, I think you need consent at all times. Doesn't matter whether or not you're a dude or a chick, you always need consent from both parties for you to do these types of activities. Otherwise it is considered rape. Yes, absolutely. I think, uh, we had this conversation, Miss Namer, where, that um whole situation about getting a girl drunk, mm-hmm. which personally I think that again that is 
if both parties are consenting to go out getting drunk and whatever happens next happens next, I think that's fine. But if your whole idea for you to go out and get some girl drunk and then fuck her, you are a fucking rapist. Let's <laughs> face the facts. I, I don't agree with that shit because yeah. you're trying to get her. Uh, you're trying to get her not, you know, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for now? Like um, relaxed. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to make her sort of unconscious to a, a state of like vegetable, quote unquote, so that you can uh, take advantage of her however you want. And that's wrong. And if you do that sort of shit, you're a piece of shit and you should get beaten to, I'm not going to say death, but close to it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think like, as long, okay, let's say me and someone else go out to like a party and like, it's legit. We're hanging out our friends, drinking, whatever happens next at that point, since you're both intoxicated, happens whether you regret it or not yeah you might have regretted it but as long as it's not it's not like a forced thing i think mm-hmm. it, it's perfectly fine on, on both you know both sides yeah. yeah and i agree with that too because there's so kind of like going off on a tangent there was this news report about this girl who went to a party um and like with a bunch of like football players and stuff and then i guess she accused three of them of raping her. And it came out that she lied. The only reason she said that was because she didn't want to be considered, like, you know, promiscuous by a potential, like, partner. Because Mm. since people found out about what she'd done, she flipped the story to say, oh, no, I didn't want to do that. Like, that, they raped me. There was, I I didn't want to. And it's kind of like, girl... I, mm, but I'm yeah. just so happy that she she actually was um, prosecuted and is serving, I think, three years in jail. As Very a result. interesting that you mentioned that because there was a band from Poland that was playing in America and there was this girl who did exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. She went on the bus with the, with them and then she said that they raped her. And he, they got a bunch of time in jail. Well, a bunch of time, obviously. I'm I'm talking about months, which mm-hmm. technically is not a bunch of time. But for someone who did nothing wrong, that's uh, <laughs> two days. It's a bunch of time for someone who for someone who did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know what happened to her. I haven't heard the story since. I think this was this happened last year in 2017. But still, it is a very fucked up thing it to is. just lie about this sort of shit. Uh, you were saying something, Ratchet. No, I think, like, if, if again, I, I'm going to, okay, the way I'm going to say it, it's going to sound kind of sexist, but it's not. But if, if a woman, like, lies, or, or if a, okay, if a man or a woman lies about, you know, getting raped or whatnot, and the other party does some kind of time for it, I feel like the accuser, if they were proven, you know, wrong, like, if they lied, I think they should do double what the actual person did mm-hmm. on top of the actual sentence. Yes. And I also think the I think one of the worst parts about that situation is that those those three guys, um, their entire reputations were tarnished after that after she made her accusation and they were labeled as sex offenders. So you can't just have that erased once that's put on you and it's like documented everywhere you go in every job you apply to every activity you engage in. You have to let people know that like it's it's got to be public knowledge. So hold on. Mm-hmm. did she get prosecuted? 
She did, yeah. They still get the titles? Yeah. What the fuck? So it's terrible. Fl- like, it's, it's a really... I'm not sure if they can have those titles revoked once they're proven innocent. I don't know. I'm not sure how that works legally. I'm sure but I can, but I feel mm-hmm. like no matter what, even if it's revoked legally, it's still there, like, as a social thing. It is. Like, people know that's what happened, and they're, they're going to look at you sideways, even if you're innocent. The fact that you were involved in a situation yeah. like that automatically makes you a target. And that's what makes me sad when it comes to um, things involving the Me Too movement is when mm. it was kickstarted, it was about women, you know, having the courage to speak out against uh, like abusers, attackers, like they're rapists. And I think that's wonderful that people can come out and share those things and get the support that they need. But we also mm-hmm. have to keep in mind that there are people like this girl that will say things to save face and ruin other people's lives as a result. Not everybody oh, does yeah. that, but it's it's a it's something that happens. People do the weirdest shit for money nowadays. Oh yeah, and we need to clarify what is sexual harassment, like what constitutes within context harassment, because. If a guy is giving you a sh- like a, a flirty look or something and you're uncomfortable, you're uncomfortable. Mm. They're not harassing you. They're looking at you and you can just as easily say, hey, I'm not comfortable with that and walk away. But if it's a consistent thing and then they graduate from just looking to saying things to you and it depends on how, what they say. So it's like there are so many parameters that need to be identified as oh, harassment because people people don't know how to gauge things very well and it it makes it models the authenticity of the movement so that's really all i have to say about that is we need to have stronger parameters when identifying these things well i know i absolutely um, agree yeah go on oh no i I was saying that so i I, okay so i watch a lot of these um like a lot of these videos on youtube uh, revolving like around politics stuff like that and uh, it's like um, independent people that go out and do this stuff. And um, mm-hmm. I know I heard on one of them, there was actually a, a study done in some of the colleges that um, so for the most part, people really don't understand the difference between like sexual harassment or sexual assault and rape. Like they, mm-hmm. they all kind of clump it together. So I think that also needs to be a, a determining factor as well. That's mm-hmm. like, this is assault, sexual assault. This is, you know, rape. Yeah, you know, because I feel like a lot of times people are accused of, oh, well, he raped me. Well, no, he, he might have sexually assaulted you, but he, he, he didn't rape you. Like, that's two exactly. totally different things. Yes. Oh, I, about that situation, I got to say, like, nothing against uh, women, women, but um, there's some some things with this rape culture going on that I... I I very much frown upon, but um, you know. Anyways, moving on to the next subject, uh, to the next <laughs> weekly topic. Again, reminding all for all the people listening to this podcast that now we have weekly topics to talk about. But then we're gonna still talk about you know our stuff, our general topics about the world and what bothers us and everything like that. So do not um, go anywhere because we'll still talk about those things. Uh, so, you know, let's, um, let's get on with it. All right. <laughs> Just a little thing there to, uh, you know, 
do the thing. All right. So, uh, Miss Nomer, do you want to go with your topic now? Okay. So a big, um, a big point of interest that has come up lately is addiction in its mm. many forms, but we're mainly talking about drug addiction. Um, is it a disease or is it a choice? Now, depending on your school of thought and your experience, people will debate and say that it is a choice because a person chooses to pick up whatever drug they're using and the more they use it, the likelihood of them becoming addicted to it is higher. Whereas mm -hmm. it has been proven and documented that addiction is a disease in that the hardwiring of your brain is changed when you become addicted to something as well as your likelihood of actually becoming addicted to things. It's a okay. biological connection as well as a um, environmental connection. Mm -hmm. So it's technically addiction is a mental illness. Okay. So, so as someone who has been addicted, uh, as someone who has been an alcoholic before for four years, um, I can share my experience, I guess. So I start, I, I started drinking because it made me feel good. It gave me a personality that I typically didn't have because of my, my, the way I grew up with the life events that I went through, um, you know, the death of family members who were very dear to me and, uh, you know, just like overall a whole situation of not having a, the education that you must have as you're a teenager because basically I raised, I had to raise myself as a teenager, which is not a very good thing because as a teenager, you tend to just make mistakes over and over and over again, because you're stupid, you're naive, you don't have experience and you don't have the responsibility that a, an adult person has. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, drinking for me gave me this personality of, of like, I was out there. I was, I didn't care what other people thought of me. I had like no problems talking to people nothing like i wasn't afraid of judgment i wasn't afraid of anything uh so i drank for this to sort of like go away for a little bit and it was a choice for sure it was absolutely a choice but as it got to a point where it was every single day and i was just drinking because i like I don't, I, it's really weird like explaining alcoholism and well, at least my experience is really weird because I was drunk every single day. Um, I, I don't think I was drinking because I think it was just like more of I really I I'm trying to sort of create words with the images in my head, but it's really tough. But I wasn't necessarily drinking because I was addicted to drinking. I think I was drinking because I was addicted to being drunk. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, exactly. But then again, it was. I guess this is with everything, but it, then it gives you a very negative situation where so when you start drinking and you sort of like have this personality that you really want to have and you really like having, it's completely different from when you are now mixing both of your personalities. So now your drunk personality is mixed with your uh, sober personality. So now you are a shy guy who has shy thoughts about people. But because you're drunk, you don't give a fuck. So you say everything you think. So it's <laughs> like, well, dude, I don't like you because this, that, and that. And I this this made people go away from me, friends and stuff like that. 
uh, got me in jail once <laughs> and um, rough, rough stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So personally, for other things, I mean, I'd smoke joints, but I didn't really like do anything else. Uh, never, never really did any other drugs, really. The only thing I did was joints. So I, I got out of it pretty quickly and without any issues whatsoever. So like I was smoking joints every single day for my, from my 17 years of age to like 19, maybe 20, 21, something like that. It was kind of like around the ages of when I was drinking. So it was kind of like a mixed thing, but mm-hmm. uh, I got out of that pretty easy. It wasn't, it was no big deal whatsoever. Like I didn't get any hangovers or anything. I didn't crave for it. Like, you know, it was just super easy to get out of. But again, I think joints are that. So anyone listening to this, if you have any power whatsoever with the legalization of weed in anywhere in the world, and if you keep it uh, illegal, you f- go fuck yourself because that shit's not addictive. <laughs> and whoever gets addicted to that shit is a weak-minded person. <laughs> okay, Wretched, what do you think? I think it's it's a little bit of both. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I okay, let's stick to the whole alcoholism because, I mean, I'm not well-versed in, in a lot of drugs and all that good stuff. Um, let's, let's say alcohol, alcoholism. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's, you know, when you become addicted to it, it's not, it doesn't change something in, in your brain and whatnot. It doesn't change you bio, uh, yeah, biologically. Um, but I also think that, because I, I feel like you probably won't notice it right away that it's actually a problem, you know, that, uh, and I think that could happen with probably a lot of addictions that you don't notice it's it's an addiction. You don't notice it's a problem. It's just something you're doing. But I feel mm-hmm. like once you notice it's the problem, then that's when it becomes the choice. Because, I mean, I, I've known people that, you know, are alcoholics and they, they I even ask them, why, if you know it's a problem, why do you keep doing it? And they're like, oh, I mean... I uh, like the feeling, this and that, but, you know, I'm not willing to give, give up the feeling. So I'm, I'm like, okay, so it's it's that choice of I don't want to give up the feeling. And most of them that I've talked to all have said, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Mm. So, so, I'm so gonna, that's why I'm kind of in the middle. Okay. So I'm going to add what I know about addiction. So according to the DSM-5, um, substance use addiction is categorized as a disorder that comes from uh, abusing substances because of how they make you feel. So basically, when someone <clears throat> like use or drinks alcohol on a daily basis, like uh, Grinder was saying, it's it's not so much the substance that they're addicted to; it's the feeling that they get from it. And it acts as a crutch because it either it makes you more brave, it makes you forget things for a while, it makes you not feel sadness. Like there, there are different manifestations of it and different levels of addiction as well. So when you become dependent on it to function, that's when it becomes one of the more extreme scenarios for someone who is addicted to something. But the reason it's classified as a mental illness um, and by proxy a disease is because of all the changes that your body undergoes while you're doing it. 
So you you go through withdrawal if you try to stop or go cold turkey. So your body reacts to that and you're more likely to return to it to kind of offset those reactions, which kind of keeps you in a spiraled loop of stopping and starting. And even though you're aware that it's essentially disrupting your life or how you function, you can't, well, you can stop with help. But most times when people try to stop on their own, there are so many negative side effects. It's very difficult to do so. So they're saying like, kind of like with, um, what you call it, like having depression. Mm. It's not something that you can control. When you have depression, you are, it's something that's happening in your brain and on a chemical level that if you use, uh, go to therapy or you take medication to kind of help set off those receptors so that you don't feel the effects of depression. Um, do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, is, is my connection clear? Yeah, yeah. No, I fully understand what you're saying. I mean, because I know I've gone through um, a, a thing of like depression before as well when I was, when I was younger. But um, at the same time, I mean, yeah, along with, um, you know, uh, addiction and whatnot, it's helpful to have other people. But I don't think it's absolutely necessary. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. It comes in levels. And depending right. on the person. And honestly, and I mean, I know I'm going to get a lot of possibly about a lot of backlash for this, but having gone through a little bit of, of depression and whatnot, I also feel like that to an extent is a choice because you choose to do something about it. Because I know a lot of people, I know for me for the longest time, I chose not to do anything about it. I just, you know, I just let it be. It was the thing that happened. But I feel like once you actually take that first step of actually doing something about it, that's when it actually, you know, can get better from there, you know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, when it comes to situations like that, depending on the person, it affects them differently. Like, for example, um, a family member of mine has is uh, manic depressive, which means that their waves of depression come and go pretty frequently. Like, they can get hit with it so hard that they don't leave their house because they just, their body won't let them. They can't, they don't have the motivation and they won't do it. You're anxious. Hmm. They become anxious. Oh yeah. Really anxious to the point where they have panic attacks and anxiety because of what's happening to them. And then other times they'll feel strong enough that they can go to the corner store because they're like, you know what? Today is a good day. I feel really good and I can go get these things done. And then they feel better about it. But then out of nowhere, the depression sweeps in again. And then it's, it's a cycle that doesn't stop. But with the help of like medication, they can offset those symptoms for a longer period of time where they feel better for longer. It's not done and it won't ever go away, but it's easier to manage because they have something to keep those feelings at bay. Right. No, I feel okay. So anything I say right now, I don't mean it in a, in like a negative connotation or anything like that. And I don't mean it as I don't mean to be like offensive or anything. Just oh, yeah, no. throwing that out there. But yeah. um, I know personally, me, I, I've growing up, I dealt with like a lot of like, anger issues and stuff like that in high school. Um, mm-hmm. And then w- when the whole depression set in, it was like, for me anyways, I kind of 
took that whole anger about it or anger in general mm-hmm. and uh kind of used that as like a a uh what a motivator i guess yeah. and uh used all that i guess energy and whatnot and so i in high school would always be working out always be doing a sport always be doing something of that sort and in that extent i feel like it could also have to do a little bit with like willpower i guess yeah. on doing it mm-hmm. and that, that's where I, I was trying to step lightly on, on the whole offending someone because of the willpower <laughs> thing but yeah yeah no it makes sense willpower is a very big piece of all of that because sometimes people do have a weak will in or moments of weakness and right. cir- circling back to depression i mean uh, to addiction um, those moments of weakness are when the pull of addiction is strongest because it's kind of like, you know, I'm feeling really good today. I'm going to go to this party and hang out with these people. I'm feeling good and I can do it. But then as soon as like an awkward moment happens in a social situation, alcohol is the, the reprieve. It's kind of like, fuck, I really messed this up let me go grab a drink maybe it'll help calm my nerves you know help me relax a little bit more because i'm I'm really not dealing with this well right now and then that's when drinking starts and they get really loose and they feel better but it's not good for them in the long run because then they start to depend on alcohol as a way of becoming more social like they're not mm-hmm. it's they would prefer to have alcohol overdoing it like being social without it like so it in that sense, it's kind of like I, I can see where it can be seen as a choice because you're making a choice to choose alcohol over not. But it's that's where the addiction comes in is that it's it's more so your your wiring has been changed to the point where alcohol is the preferred thing. So you're not so much making the choice. It's more your body is telling you this is what you want. OK, so for that situation, I don't have much to add, but I'll just throw in a word of advice for anyone undergoing that situation, mm-hmm. which is don't, uh, don't choose uh, booze to sort of like help you with stuff. But if you by any chance um, enjoy a, a drink or two, go for it. Drink yeah. occasionally uh, because it's really good. And it helps <laughs> like, yeah, it is, it is, it is good to just like, you know, relax every now and then with a, a drink or two or five or 678, but, um, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's good every now and then to, to drink and just enjoy yourself and not think and not, you know, be responsible for, well, I mean, you'll always be responsible for your actions, but I mean, not be conscious about everything that you do. It's good sometimes, just as long as you are, you know, responsible uh as long as you keep everything in a nice way and you don't just you don't go off and if you're a mean drunk don't drink at all because you're gonna get hit and you probably depending on where you are you could get killed mm-hmm. and that's a fact because um when i was again like when i was through alcoholism going through alcoholism i can say that i try to start many fights and um I never really got in trouble because I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a massive dude or anything, but I do 
sometimes transmit a little bit of like, well, this dude could fuck me up. But um, it's like, you know, just just if you if you like to drink, if you're um, a social guy when you drink occasionally, fuck you. Fuck. Yeah, do it. Go for it. But if you're a mean drunk, don't do it. If you're a depressed drunk, also don't do it. Because if you if you get depressed drinking, then what's the whole point in doing it? You should be drinking to get happy and, and not think about your life and shit like that. So uh, because you're going to be pushing away the people that are, are surrounding you and your friends and everything. Because they, if, you, if, if you get depressed when you drink, people don't want to be around you. People want to be like, you know, yeah, let's party. Let's enjoy ourselves. You know, so... Word of advice is don't do it on a regular basis. Do it every now and then, because then it's easy for you to not do it uh, if you just do it on a regular basis. And if you get too addicted to it and if it starts feeling too good, then it's going to become a, a problem. And uh, once it is a problem, it's difficult to get out of it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So I, I've got a, a question or kind of. So I kind of want to know what you guys think about it. I have a small story, a short story. Um, so honestly, tell me what you guys think about the whole, as it relates to like the whole addiction or choice topic. Um, so back when I was going to college, um, me and my, my buddies kind of partied damn near every weekend. And we, you know, obviously always be drinking. Well, we all went to different schools and whatnot. And a lot of times, um, my buddy's girlfriend would invite some of her girlfriends over. And mm -hmm. at the time, I was single and all that. And I, okay, I'm a decently charismatic person, like sober. And I know my <laughs> wife and all that has, has kind of told me I'm a natural flirt and all that. But I'm also very, like, shy and I get really nervous. Um, so the mm -hmm. whole thing was, you know, before I went to go talk to a girl or something, I'd, I'd have a couple drinks, loosen up, and then, like, shit took off from there so i just as it relates to like addiction over choice because i did that like i said damn near every weekend well, what would you guys kind of put that under so um first i'm gonna identify that college culture is an anomaly when it's when uh considering like alcohol because mainly people well psychologists um and addiction counselors classify addiction in a uh, a working environment sense, like everyday life. Whereas college is its own microcosm, and it's been become an accepted norm to get like wasted every weekend. So it's really hard to make that distinction, only because it's so well accepted that um, when you go out in college, you're going to drink. Like this is, this is what people do and people drink because it's fun. People drink because it makes them feel good. Um, it helps give that liquid courage to do things in the context of college. It would not be considered addiction as far as I understand only because of the context that it's occurring in. So, but wouldn't it, also, with the definition given earlier, be an addiction because you're using a substance in a way to kind of get in a certain state of mind. It would, but that's only because of the environment that you're in. Now, you wouldn't like just go out. This is since it's a weekend ritual. 
Yeah, if um, you're doing you just only do weekend, it on the weekends. Yeah. So you don't drink during the week to get through your finals or drink to um, like before you go to like a game every time you go. So it's, it's basically because it's in a ritualistic sense um, for a, an express purpose, it wouldn't really be considered an addiction. But if you yeah, have my, to drink, oh, go ahead. Uh, my opinion is that, like, if you week, if you um, if you drink every weekend, it's not an addiction at all because an addiction is you do it every day because you have to do it every day. Your body requires you to drink every single day. So mm-hmm. you go to you go to bed drunk, and when you wake up, you just want to get drunk again. Hair so that to me is an addiction. Uh, drinking every weekend is not an addiction at all. It's just like um. Like Miss Namor was saying, it's a ritualistic thing, and you just do it because of her environment. Yeah, uh, carry on. Okay, so now I'm gonna say this part just to kind of uh, spark a little bit more uh, talk. Mm-hmm. But doing it every day wouldn't that also be a, a ritualistic thing? It would be, nope. but in a sense of um, like if it would be more routine as opposed to ritual. So because part of your routine, like most people drink coffee in the morning to go to work and like kind of help give them that jump start that they need to be productive during the day. But if you're addicted to alcohol, most likely you'll drink your coffee, but you'll also have a shot before you go to work. Now, and- my, my opinion is that it's, it's not a ritualistic thing because you're, you're like, you're not choosing to drink. A ritualistic thing is you choose to drink. In my opinion, it, when it's an addiction, your body requires it. It's yes. not like you you can't get out of it. If you if you try to not do it, your body is going to respond to like you're not doing what I want you to do and I'm addicted to this. So I'm going to be throwing all that I can at you. You're going to have headaches. You're going to feel uncomfortable and it's going to be like you're not going to have a fun time. So a choice is okay, I don't really want to drink right now. So yeah, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do it. And there's uh, no consequence. Yeah, an addiction is like, if you don't do it, man, like, you're going to have a fucking hard time. It's going <laughs> to, like, again, your body's going to throw everything that it can at you to make make you feel like shit. And the only the only way for you to go around this is if you drink. Yes. So if you, on the weekends, you can go the whole week without drinking. Because, you know, there's really nothing prompting that. But because you're going to a party and drinking is there, you choose to do it because you're like, eh. It's here. Let's do it. And you may wake up with a hangover the next day, but you can, you know, you nurse yourself and then you're fine. Right. No. Yeah. So, so playing a little bit of devil's advocate. And again, I'm only doing this just kind of spark a little bit more uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, with that, that being said, couldn't you call anything that you do every day an, an addiction? Because I mean, you might not want to do it, but you still do it. Like, let's say work. I don't want to go to work. I hate working. Like, I hate going to work every day. You know, like, obviously, if I stayed home all the time, I'd say the exact opposite. But, you know, I don't want to go to work. I have to. Yeah, but that's, an again, you just said, you just literally said it. It's a necessity. You have to do it. Uh, So it's not an addiction. Like, an addiction is something you don't have to do. And you do it. And mainly the addiction part comes from the biological changes that your body overcomes. Um, indoors. So going to work doesn't affect your body really, except for maybe you're tired because you didn't sleep well the night before. 
but it's it more, can also be a mental thing you yeah know? exactly and that's this is where it all stems from it's the mental portion that pushes everything so because you have people addicted to playing video games and yeah. i do consider play, sometimes playing video games an addiction if you have to do it if you're like your mind just wants to go through the escapism of playing a video game and getting out of reality. Um, yes. I do think it's an addiction. Yes. And yeah. And the same goes with like porn addiction because that is an addiction. It's if you prefer to, you know, um, jerk off or, you know, get off to like someone that essentially for like the sake of argument doesn't exist to you in a physical way. Mentally, you're more engaged with this person who's putting on a performance for you than an actual person that you can engage and like have a mutual connection with. So you can't get off unless you're watching porn. And the you kind of have to like, part of addiction is that you plateau eventually because your body gets used to a certain level of stimulation. But then you have to go a step further in order to get that same effect. So like even like in the porn arena, you can like watch one type of porn, but then that doesn't do it for you anymore. So now you have to take it a step further and go to like more, I don't know, extreme versions of the same thing. But in order to get that same sensation or that feeling or that release that you want, you have to take it a step further each time, which is how people overdose or get alcohol poisoning is because their body gets so used to it that they have to take it a step further to get the same results. So going to work every day uh, doesn't fit into that because you go to work and do the same thing and then you come home and that's really the end of it. You know that you have to go to work the next day. There's no, you don't have to take it a step further to get any kind of gratification from that. Does that make any yeah. sense? About that yeah, situation, no. the whole work situation, and we can even go as far as school goes. Um, when <laughs> I remember when I was at school, uh, I hated school. I didn't want to be at school. I, I didn't want to go to school. And then I started working and I didn't want to work and I want to go back to school and fuck, man, I don't want to work just exercise and shit and having to do things. And, you know, my 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 not not allowance, my wage, depending on it. Um, shit, man, get me back in school. But it's like work can be good, man. Work can be really nice. You know, obviously if you if you're doing something that you don't like at all if you hate uh my suggestion and my advice is look for something that eventually will make you happy doing every day because if you don't if you hate your work if you hate wake like you wake up in the morning and you hate it and you get home by night and you hate the fact that you have to wake up in the morning the next day to go do something and it's just like it's not healthy so to anybody that works a job that they don't like uh there's two in my opinion there's two types of people there's the people that will just do this while they're pursuing their dreams so that they can have some money to you know sort of create like a leverage for them to go after something and there's the type of people that keep a job that they don't like just because it feels safe and they feel like if they did something else it would be uh sort of like hurting them financially and and such so to those people who keep a job because it's safe, 
don't do it. If you hate it, don't do it. I mean, do it as long as you are looking for something that makes you happy. It might not happen in a lifetime, but at least you tried and you can have the dignity that you tried. For mm-hmm. the people that are still looking for a job while keeping or for looking for something that makes them happy while still uh, working a job just to give them some leverage and give them some money so that they can do uh, the everyday stuff. So yeah, for those people, kudos on you. Good job, because that's the way you should go for it. Again, like when I was in England, I was working in electricity. I hated the fucking team that I had and I got home depressed. I woke up depressed and it's just like, it's not a healthy thing for you to go through Like waking up in the morning depressed and going to bed depressed, it's like, it's not a good thing. You have to like, you, the good thing is you wake up in the morning. He's like, hell yeah, man, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have good people to talk to. Maybe, maybe they're depressed and maybe we can, you know, cheer them up or something. And then at the end of the day, you get home and it's like, whoa, yeah, man, tomorrow is another day. And I'm happy that I'm alive and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to go to work again and I'm going to have a good time. So that's my opinion. I think if you work a job that you don't like, keep chasing your dreams no matter what happens. If you don't follow, if you don't get to to do your dreams, to follow your dreams, um, well, no, you can follow all, you can always follow your dreams. I'm saying just like, if you don't get to achieve your dreams, at least you keep the dignity and you keep the thing the like the thought that you at least went for it. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No. So like I said, I was just kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel just to engage some more arguments. <laughs> uh, we can move on to a next topic for, uh, uh, from, uh, from you actually. All right, so I feel like this is going to be a, a short topic just because I, I think I know what we all are going to think about this. But um, so I, everyone knows about the the, fire, uh, the wildfires in Yosemite, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, no idea, but if you if you want to explain, sure. If you don't want to explain, I'm okay with that. So um, over here in California, we have a, a Yosemite National Park over here. I, I don't remember what exactly started the fires but there are now a bunch of wild wildfires over there and uh they're still trying to mm. contain and whatnot well um so i actually know a few people that work over in yosemite and uh well, most of them kind of live in the park and all that as well um but they were evacuated uh i want to say a month ago a few weeks to a month ago uh because of the fire um but now from what i heard from a couple of the uh, employees that that do work up there is that some of the employers are actually starting to make announcements saying that it's safe to come back. Um, when in, in, you know, the, the fire department and all that are actually all saying, no, it's, it's don't come this way type of thing. Um, I, I feel like something should be in place where, uh, something should, I, I feel like there should be a repercussion for the uh, employers anyway, just because, mm-hmm. It seems like they're just trying to get people back just to, for the sake of having people back. Because I know from where I'm at, you can't even reach Yosemite. And I know like some of the people that work out there actually live around me. So we're, we're staying around me right now or come from this town. And um, so in order to actually get there, you got to kind of go out of the way. And it takes like three hours, three, four hours to actually get there instead of like the one and a half, two hours normally. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. No, I, I agree with that. They, there should be some repercussions for that because if, 
if you can't uh, officially determine that a location is safe to enter, don't tell people to come back in there. You don't know where the, like with, from my understanding with wildfires, they're unpredictable. And if you have anything that can catch, it'll spread quicker than you can contain it. So, I mean, you may think one space is safe for a moment, but it could, that could change in an instant, especially with how like fierce those fires are in that particular area. So no, it's not, no, as long as there's fire in that vicinity or anywhere near it, it's not safe to go there. Right. No, like I said, I, I, I thought this, this one might be a quick uh, topic just because I feel like I know what we all think about it. But um, what, what do you think, Grinder? Uh, yeah, I agree with Miss Nomer. I think you have to, like, you have to understand that people's lives matter. And, you know, you can't telling, you can't be telling people, hey, go here when you can't go there. It's like, that's kind of, if something happens to them, then who's responsible for the situation? Who's responsible for that to happen? You know what right. I mean? Who's, who's going to get responsible and who's going to pay for it? Um. That's how I feel about it. Right. So I think what they're trying to um, make that whole thing on is because, like I said, before they were actually evacuating people. Um, but once um, the, so the evacuation was eventually, I guess, lifted, but it was still recommended not to come back. Um, so it was technically mm. OK to come back. Like I said, you just have to take that longer route. But yeah, like I said, the employers are actually making an announcement that it is safe to actually come back, just come back to work, this and that. And and I, I feel like if it's recommended not to by by someone of, uh, you know, higher, higher power and whatnot, it, it, I mean, obviously, I don't think you should really go against that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, again, I think they have to hold people accountable for their actions with that and uh they have to make people responsible for situations like that you know so that it doesn't happen again so you have to learn a lesson from that um because otherwise people are going to keep doing it is that is that like a whole matter of money or what like uh what, what what sort of park are those it's like a park for people to hang in just chill or so it's a it's a federal park um it's it has like a bunch of historical um features in it as well uh it also it pretty much it's a big hiking area hiking and camping uh, okay but it like i said it does have some historical things up there and then a lot of people go up there like it's a big tourist area here in california yeah so it gets a lot of tourists right so that's that's a major that's a major problem because tourists most of them won't know what's happening at the time they'll fly in they'll try to visit it and they'll try to, you know, find or try to go through as much as they possibly can, because who knows when they'll come back. So I feel like, yeah, that, that needs extra attention towards the, the whole situation, because um, it could be dangerous for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. Uh, you you want to carry on with that topic? Uh, anything to add, Miss Nomer? Oh, no. I'm good. I think we need right. nail on the head. So should we carry on with the topics? Okay, so this one is quite controversial and it can be quite... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so apparently 
the rapists of an 18 year old girl or 88 eight, 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 not 18 eight year old oh, girl Lord. were sentenced to death in India and <laughs> I'm gonna read the, the the article so that we have more of context and situations so this I took this so that we don't get like oh you took the the, the article and you didn't credit so I took this from dw.com. Okay, so if you want to know about it, I have no idea. I just was the first one I found. So I just, I want to credit anyways, because I copied the article. Um, so, you know, anybody from DW, if you listen to this, you know, you've been <laughs> credited. All right. So we're not taking credit for anything. <laughs> anyway, so the sentence is one of the first ordered under a new law allowing for speedy trials and death penalty for child rapists. The brutal rape of the class two student in June had sparked angry protests. A court in the central Indian state of Madhya Pradesh, however you pronounce that, has sentenced two men to death for raping an eight-year-old girl in the city of Mansour. Mm. The investigation and trial in the gruesome case that sparked angry protests was completed in less than two months. A, a welcome change in a country where court cases drag on for years. The sentence is one of the first ordered under a new law allowing for speedy investigations and trials in rape cases and death penalty for child rapists. The two convicts, aged 20 and 24, oof, lured the class two student from outside her school as she waited for her father. They took her to a secluded spot and gang raped her. The two slashed the two slashed her neck and left her to holy shit that this is even worse. Yeah, that's why I'm like, the victim is still recovering in hospital. Holy shit. I mean, rape is is probably the worst thing that could happen to an eight year old girl. But it's even slash her neck. Like, yes, fucking kill these fucking idiots. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, dude. Now, this is why it's controversial, because it's death sentence and obviously the value of life comes in play but how can you value the life of two idiots two demented human beings who raped an eight-year-old girl and slash her neck like yes i i am all in for death sentence because one if you are sentenced to death it must obviously be something you know thread it carefully into you can't just sentence someone to death because uh you know like again with the whole situation that we were talking about because girls uh, when i'm talking about girls that are um you know over 18 years old and supposedly should have consent when they have sexual activity but and when we were talking about that you know they can use that to sort of like manipulate uh, the life of others with with lies and everything, but this is a whole different situation. Like f- for situations like this, I do agree with that sten- the death sentence, and I think it's the right thing to do because these two motherfuckers, I don't think they're gonna be I- decent citizens in any near future. I think they will always be pieces of shit because if you go for an eight year old girl. It's a child for fuck's sake. He's not even a teenager. It's a girl. Mm-hmm. It's a child. And you literally rape a child and you fucking slice her neck and left her and leave her to die. You will never be a decent human being. You mm-hmm. don't deserve to live if you do that shit because you don't value. Obviously, you don't value not only the value, the, the life of others, but you also don't value respect or anything like what, what are you guys opinions on this? 
And this will be a very heated argument for Ratchet, I'm sure. I mean, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I I've, actually, I've got very, um, I've got some opinions on this. So, um, again, this kind of goes back to the whole, rape, but I want to make this point before I actually continue with my, my actual point. The whole rape, you know, versus sexual assault and, uh, and actually lying about it. If we can fix that and we can go to where if we'll only conviction when if it's, you know, without reasonable doubt that it actually happened, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. I'm all for what I'm about to say now. So I think anyone that is a rapist, pedophile, anything like that should be sent to, uh, to death. Um, personally, personally I, I, again, I don't know how it works outside of America, but why should I pay for someone that is fucked up that bad and has um, ruined, ruined someone else's life in a major way in that extent. Why should I pay for them to have three three uh, hot meals a day? You know, you know they have shelter, they have medical. Just get rid of them. They're a waste, in my opinion. You know, they're a waste of space. They they aren't. I mean, yeah, they say people change. Once you do that, ah. though, I feel like that's a totally different. Totally different <laughs> part, you know. You don't fucking oh, change shit. from raping a little girl, like right? No, there's I mean, no heard. way. I no, I agree. Don't I you change? Agree. But you also you don't deserve a second chance. Like mm. if if your mind at the time goes through that and like makes you do such a thing, you don't deserve a second chance. You deserve to just like get get out of this world, like. And no, I completely I have to agree. Add, I have to add something here to this, okay? Um, I think, personally, that people are not born anything. People are born babies. People are born white sheets. Um, oh, blank sh- yeah, the blank slate theory. Blank slate, exactly. We are born... We are born, and that's it. We're not, we're not religious, we're not criminals, we're, not, we're nothing. When we grow up and when we have certain environments around us, no matter what it is, it doesn't matter if it's uh, family, it doesn't matter if it's friends, it doesn't matter anything. But it's who it's whatever uh, surrounds us and whatever is around us and whatever motivates us and the environment that we're in that make us what we become and make us what we are in the long run. So, in my opinion, someone who has uh, the will to do these things, it's fucked up in the head because they must have had sort of like, you know, some some sort of situation messed up around them. I remember a story back then. I was watching TV and this was a documentary or something like that. And um, basically, if I remember correctly, it was a little girl who I think she murdered her mother and father, something like that, because she was raped by, or she was abused, well, technically raped, by her father. Father, a stepfather, something like that. And she she literally murdered him. I think he was, yeah, it was just the father. So, one, she has motives to do that because she's she was so young and... You know, she had like no experience, no nothing that the only thing that she could think of, I have to get rid of this person because they are hurting me. Right. So, I mean, again, messed up situation. Then um, 
I think she went through a whole situation of, uh, you know, therapy and help. And I do think what they said in the documentary, they said that she, she's actually um, doing okay now. She's actually a decent citizen now. But that's a complete different thing because, like, she just tried to get rid of her problem, right? She just tried to get rid of who was causing her issues and causing her problems and hurting her. So, I mean, again, this dude deserved that shit. Like, you brought this onto yourself. You were violating. You were abusing your child. So you brought no this all onto yourself. You know what I mean? So it's like right. the little girl just defended herself and did what was right. Um, but again, like I do think that we need to pay more attention to these situations and these dudes don't deserve to live whatsoever. Like um, if this goes through your mind, even if it goes through your mind, even if you don't do it, but if it goes through your mind, you must be messed up to a certain extent. And it's just like, I don't, I can't even think about it, dude. I, I can't, I can't think about people actually like looking at little girls and being aroused by it. I it, it just I can't think of it. I don't understand how it happens, but I don't know. Uh, go on, go on ahead. So okay, I'm gonna. I've got there are two sides that I'm looking at this from. Um, misnomer as misnomer and misnomer as a person with a background in mental health studies. So background with that is um, people like that, I think, need to be studied because I want to know why. Why why did you think that this was okay? What brought you to this moment in your life and just why? What about you um, just led to this series of terrible events? And how can we prevent that from happening again to anyone else? Are we able to identify early on what makes someone capable of executing these kinds of heinous acts? And what do we need to look out for? So in, in a social aspect and a scientific look, just gather data so that we can make changes to situations like this, because it's, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around things like that. So I try to look at it from a logical perspective, as opposed to like how I feel about it personally. And with that said, on a personal note, I think it's disgusting. And okay, so I'm sorry <laughs> to cut you, uh, but was, did we discuss here or was it, did I hear about it somewhere else? But I, I think I heard somewhere or read somewhere that um, basically people like people, what you were talking about, people wanted to study pedophiles and rapists and shit to try to learn. Like they, they didn't want to consider it a crime. They wanted it to be considered like a mental disorder so mm -hmm. that they could check them and study them. Um, again, like I, I, I understand your background and I understand that you might have interest in, in sort of figuring out these people, but I just fucking say like burn them. Like let's bring inquisition back and let's fucking change the way it's done. Like let's burn all the fucking rapists and pedophiles and shit like that. Let's get them out of this fucking world. Cause they're pieces of shit. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, like, I agree. 
I mean, and honestly, the way that it happens, at least like I said here in America, I mean, I'm not sure how it's done anywhere else. But I feel like they get it too easy, even when they are sentenced. Our, our, our justice systems in Portugal are fucking horrible. If you have money, you get away with everything. Oh, no, that's here too. Oh, okay. no, I mean, I mean, as far as like the actual like death sentence when it goes to like the whole lethal injection and shit like that. I feel like it, it, they get off too easy. I mean, it's done it's, state by state, too. Is it really? Yeah, like it's uh, what is it? Um, the accepted everywhere. It's right. No, I thought that was kind of like a everywhere universal thing that everyone did the lethal injection. Oh no, Mm-mm. like some people still do the electric chair, and I think, um, like what is it? I say at the very in least, France they did. <laughs> in France they did um like a public hanging. As mm-hmm. early, I mean, like as late as I think. Was it in France that they did the the guillotine as well? Yeah, but they did like a public hanging back in the seventies. But I think that was the last time they did it. Well, so I it's think kinda... the guillotine's too 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 nice. Like really? Yeah, I, I honestly I feel like if you're a pedophile, you're a rapist, or anything like that, they, you need to suffer. You made someone else suffer that bad. You need to suffer. So honestly, like I was gonna say, I think it. it and this might sound really, really bad um, to, to people, but I think, yeah, if you're a pedophile or a rapist, hang them. Yeah, they, mm. they'll suffer. Uh, you know, I mean, it might be inhumane to people and whatnot, but what they do is inhumane, you know? Yeah. Yeah, again, going back to what you said, like, I, I agree with you because, like, what you said before, um, you know, it's, it's your opinion, and um, there has to be, like, a whole a whole different type of scenarios and situations that you have to go through to really say like, all right, this guy is a piece of shit and he deserves death. So yeah, yeah, you can't just go like, yeah, you raped somebody. Okay. Motherfucker, you're dead. Um, You really have to be on reasonable doubt. You need proof. You need need background checking. Know that that person is, is not completely messed up in the mind because typically if, if someone does something, uh, of sorts that's really bad. Typically, they have background to to sort of like, um, you know, give them that motivation to do so. So, so yeah, guys, I, I, like on the same topic, mm. there, like I, mm, <laughs> so like uh, when it comes to criminal pathology, um, I find it on a personal level, I hate it because. I believe that people should be treated with dignity and respect and the value of life is important. But when you commit a heinous crime that not only jeopardizes the life of someone else or takes their life from them, there should be repercussions and you should pay with your life. If you take a life, you pay with your life because you forfeited that right when you deemed it necessary to strip someone Mm. of theirs. And so, I mean, that's my opinion about how that should be handled. But I also think, depending on the degree of viciousness in that, like manslaughter, uh, involuntary manslaughter, I think should be handled very differently than a homicide. Like, so we need to be able to weigh these things accordingly. And goodness forbid that person was innocent and was put in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's the right. only problem I have with capital punishment is because since our justice system is so flawed, we could be 
killing an innocent person with the with the malice and malintent that we yeah. are aiming it at the wrong person. And that's, I why, feel- that's why this whole situation is so controversial, because back in the days, if you remember back in the days, they used to do this by public opinion, yeah. right? Uh-huh, they used uh-huh. to go, uh, what do you guys think about this guy? He raped somebody. Everybody, well, kill him, burn him, mm-hmm. him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And um, I, yeah, so, but like, it's impossible to do that because people want to see drama. People want to see destruction. It's uh-huh. just like a thing in human nature. So you can't really do it that way. So, um, and then there's also like other situations where it's just like, you you just have to, again, like, I don't know, the, 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 again, the justice system is kind of flawed, as you said. So it's like, yeah, it's a really messed up situation too. Like who, I don't know. I don't know. I think I saw an episode Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Orville. We've talked about the Orville many times here. Yeah. Uh, Seth MacFarlane's uh, series. And mm-hmm. they have an episode. Okay, I'm going to explain this. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. If you, don't wanna, if you haven't watched that yet and you want to watch it. Uh, so, you know, but I'm going to say it on, on, on the podcast. So, I mean, I'm sure you guys are okay with that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm fine with that. Okay. So... Uh, I th- I really think that the you know if you watch the episode it's it's where it's really at I'm not going to be able to explain it properly, but basically they find this alternative uh, I don't think it's a universe but they find this planet somewhere around and they go there and basically it's like everything that happens nowadays in the world but it's a little bit different so the way they do things is. Everybody has like a little pin uh, for them, which has like sort of a counter um, and it's sort of linked to a system. And basically, if you do, if you are a good person, you get good votes. And if you do bad things, you get bad votes. And when you get to a certain amount of bad votes, you start getting banned from places, et cetera, et cetera. And then if you get a, like even more votes, more bad votes, you get to the point of like, all right, you have to be prosecuted. So this system is, is so flawed, and which is why they talked about it, because um, it goes through public opinion and then it goes through media to advertise and get the opinion of more public, but not only public, but also the people involved with the whole situation. So the thing that happens is basically like um, basically one of the guys, I think it's one of the captains, one of the guys that uh, pilots the ship, he humps a statue (laughs) and then people start giving him bad votes like all over the place because people filmed him and people published that to sort of like a mainstream thing that goes on every screen and on every news channel, everything. And people start downvoting him to the point where he's now banned from every single place and now he's uh, wanted and now he's taken to be prosecuted and taken to possibly being uh, sentenced to death to an oh, um, electric chair. I don't think it's electric chair. I think they try to twist it like into a futuristic sort of way of doing things. But it's it's basically that that thing. So um, 
I don't again, I don't think I'm trying I'm explaining myself properly here with this whole situation. Again, if you really want to get the idea, you have to watch the episode. But it's mm-hmm. really well put together because like again, it's Seth MacFarlane, he's a fucking genius. Um but it is very interesting to see because you can get downvoted if you just like bump onto someone and you spill their coffee, you get downvoted. Damn. By the other person that got bumped into. It's really weird, but it's so interesting because it's like it's an alternative reality that could possibly happen in the future. Like, obviously, it's not going to happen because nobody's going to give that much power to people. Uh, oh like you could you could abuse that power so much. Oh, like, yeah. Um, like, troll. I don't like this guy downvote, you know, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. my God. That just sounds like an avenue for revenge on something. And goodness forbid someone's popular enough. Like, say you don't like someone who's, you know, has a different lifestyle and you're a popular person. Um, and you don't like this person because I don't know, they beat you at something. So you're feeling a little vindictive. You're like, Hey guys, uh, this guy is a piece of shit and I need you to downvote him. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. We believe you, whatever. And then everybody just downvotes this person on like false pretenses. So then they yeah. have to be subjected to like this horrible thing for essentially just because someone didn't like them. That's a terrible, terrible way to conduct. <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah, a absolutely. question. Uh-huh. Where do I go to downvote my exes? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But wait, guys, so uh, um I kinda wanna circle back to um like trials and convicting people of doing oh yeah, really sorry, heinous I just, things. I just wanted to explain this thing because it's a really good episode too. The fucking the series is really good. Watch it, guys. I Bye. will. I'm gonna put it on my queue. But there is one like serial killer cannibalist child rapist person named um, Hamilton Howard Albert Fish. And this was back in like the Mm. 1800s. This dude was like an American serial killer. And he was known by like different aliases, like the gray man or the wolf of wisteria, the Brooklyn vampire, the moon maniac and the boogeyman to kids because this motherfucker he boasted that he had a child in every state and like he was a really really messed up person and it started from his childhood like this is this is what i mean like he had a shit upbringing to the point where like he was born to when his mom was like 43 years old or mm-hmm. sorry his father was 43 and his mother was around the same age he was oh god like he was born to a 75 year old mom like what and then (laughs) he was the youngest child of three living siblings um but when one of his siblings died um he wanted to take their name so he wanted to be called albert after his dead Mm. sibling Oh, God. And, like, he was put in an orphanage at one point because, like, he had serious mental health issues. Like, um, oh, my God. His brother was in a mental, like, but it ran in the family. So his uncle had mania. Um, His brother was in a mental institution. His sister was diagnosed with, like, mental affliction. And three other relatives had things, like, hallucinations and shit. That sounds like a shit show of a family. I'm telling you, like, it's, it was genetic. 
this it is what I'm like saying. Reality TV. Can we put this on TV? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it was genetic. And then, like, pr- pretty much all his family just started dying for random reasons. So he was essentially, in the truest form, an orphan because he really had no one. And when he went to the orphanage, he discovered that he enjoyed physical pain. So, like, he would deliberately do things so that they could beat him because he enjoyed that. And he stayed there until he was, like, nine um, and mm. loved being beaten. Then, like, he, moved, he left the orphanage when he was 12 and he developed a relationship with a boy. And, mm-hmm. like, he was really into... This is going to be gross, guys. Oh, so Girl. when you said his name, I actually looked it up. Yes. <laughs> and I'm looking at this stuff right now. And it's like, oh. Don't tell me inserting things into his penis hole. Well, yeah. And he enjoyed <sighs> drinking urine and feces and visiting public baths so he could watch, like, be a voyeur and watch them undress and stuff. Uh, I actually he, think I, I heard like about the, this, this guy before. <laughs> I think the last thing is the most normal thing he's done. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, he, oh, God, like, he liked to rape young boys because he became a prostitute. And I have, yeah, I've well, definitely shit. heard about this dude before. Yeah. Did he have, like, an alias? Uh, popular yeah, he alias? had a lot. He had a lot yeah. of aliases, but it he was mainly the, known as the Gray Man. Yeah. And then I see, like, the werewolf of what? Wisteria? Wisteria. Like mm-hmm. Vampire. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. He and like, oh my god, he was forced into marriage by his by people, and so he had six kids. And then he was working as like a house painter and started molesting kids. Like most of them were younger than six, and they're boys. And like he took on a male lover at one point, and he had a bisection of his penis, and he was obsessed with sexual mutilation. He got arrested for grand larceny or whatever that is. I don't know. He was incarcerated for a number of years. Like this guy from the start was doomed. And Mm. he would just, he was on this roll of bad things happening. And this is before like people really took mental health practices seriously. So if they thought you were weird, they throw you into an asylum somewhere and be like, yeah, you need to rot here because you're disrupting everybody else. They didn't actually treat people or help them. They just said, nah, you're causing waves, so we don't want you here. And like he just developed all these really strange tastes for the abnormal and genuinely enjoyed it. So all like I have this- to say to that is that he lived too much because right. I mean six he got to 65 years old, so I mean... Ah, uh, man, I'm telling you. And this is what I'm saying. Like, that's because he would he would pick up and leave. He'd do something horrible, and then he'd just disappear. And people were like, what the hell? That's why they call him the boogeyman, is because he would just show up somewhere, do some heinous thing, and then just leave. And people were like, what the hell? who the hell is this guy? Like, where did he come from? And the worst part about it is that he'd gotten away with so much mutilation rape and cannibalism of children he went as far as to kidnap a little girl and write the family a a, like a letter detailing what he'd done and like oh god so when we're talking about um like studying people like that he didn't have a chance of being you know a decent person because he was doomed 
from the very start. And mm-hmm. when they finally caught him and, you know, gave him the death penalty, he wasn't phased by it. Like, this is what he wanted. It's uh, like, I don't know how you deal with people like that. Well, so when I mean, you. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like a lot of people like that, they, they they'd prefer to be put to death than rot somewhere, which I mean, is a double edged sword because why should they get, I understand why should they get what they, what they want. But at the same time, it's like, get rid of them. It gets, you know, I think as long as we, we can get rid of them and, and rid, you know, rid of them of one more thing that they could possibly do, even if they are locked up, there's still access that they can get, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like you just rid, rid all of it, get, get rid of every uh, possibility. And uh, I think, honestly, overall, the world would probably be a lot better place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. This dude was main, like, this dude was a major fuck up. From the oh. from the get, and that, how do you get to the age of sixty five years old? Um, you know, doing all of that weird shit, and you're not <laughs> put down. I I mean, I get it. It was a different time, and he didn't have the technology that there is today to find a man. But it's, I mean, still, you know. Yeah, I think whatever you do to yourself, you do you. But like once it like afflicts onto other people, that's when it's like okay, something's got to be done. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing is he was a weird dude. So what he did behind closed doors was his business. Um, Still weird, but it was his business. But yeah, once he started venturing out and like kind of groping people into what he was doing, that's when it's like, okay, nope, you got to stop now. You were you you were all right until you did this. So stop it. Yeah. Also, did, did, did like, did you find people that he knew for sure that wouldn't like go back against him? No. Like, would legitimately take against take on him and just like fuck him up? No. He what? um like when he worked different jobs, it was people that he knew. Like he when he was a painter, he would go after the residents that lived in the place that he was painting. He would go, he would know them on like a personal basis. Like they'd see him every day. Hey man, how you doing? Finished painting that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm almost done. And then like their son would be walking down the hallway and he would like make advances on the sun. Oh, and shit. like, <sighs> so on the Wikipedia page, I actually read on there um, that it said that he actually went over uh, after like handicapped people and, mm-hmm. uh, and African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he hated them. <laughs> he was like, he, was, he had like a, like what is it, an mo when it came to different things. And it was kind of like, really, dude. He also said that God told him to do it. He had a psychosis that basically he believed that what he was doing was righteous. Uh, this, <laughs> typical. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'm just like, oh jeez. Uh. This is why I don't like religion, dude. It's like, this is why I don't like it. Because people <laughs> use that shit to get away with this. And to, to this day, they still do that shit. Oh, it didn't help him, though. He's still executed. Because people were like, yeah, all right. No. get." I mean, it didn't help him, but it still got, he still got to the age of 65 years old. I mean, that's because I couldn't again, catch back him. Back in the day, that's a pretty good age for you to die in. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. He was, uh, he was ancient, according to the standard. And like, oh my god! Like, if I you, don't think back in those days you could live to like 100 years old as you can <laughs> as you can do nowadays. Not at um, all. 
because there were so, so many things that could happen to you. And what kills me is like his, geez, um, when you look at the list, like he had different psychiatrists kind of testify on his behalf after they evaluated him. And he mm-hmm. pleaded insanity because that, that's the thing. He pleaded insanity and said that he heard voices from God telling him to do it. But when he the heard. psychiatrist um, like testified on his behalf, they listed all of the different things that he had. So he was he had sexual fetishes. He was a he was a sadist, a masochist. OK, well, cunnilingus is not a disorder but neither is fellatio or all the rest of the stuff that they're listing here but at the time these things were not considered normal and uh, they were frowned upon yeah, I mean, there's another series that I think is pretty good mm-hmm. um, which is Hand of God with um, uh, Ron Ron Perlman I don't know if that's his name it's the dude that plays uh, Hellboy Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also played the the, the captain of uh, not captain, the president oh, yeah. of uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh mm-hmm. my god, I love that show. <laughs> right, I don't like it because it portrays a different image that than the actual motorcycle clubs and the whole situation is completely That's different than what it actually is. But yeah. um, the hand of God is also pretty good. He plays a lawyer who basically has his son shoot himself in the head and then he pretend or he goes through with with like a preacher that apparently gets money from him to sort of like begin his own religion not his own religion he wants to do like uh, christianity shit but um he he pays some money to the dude to the preacher gives him like a check in exchange for sort of like uh being reborn or some shit Right. The whole thing, yeah, you, I'm going to fucking get you in water and now you're reborn. Because, of, of course, I mean, you know, dementia. And it, uh, <clears throat> um, but basically, he gets money. He does that shit. And then he believes that God talks to him to sort of make dudes do things for him. And then he starts talking to this guy that comes out of prison and the dude starts doing shit for him. Um and starts killing other people for him. And then it's all, basically, it's a whole thing ro- revolving around, like, God tells these guys to kill people and do stupid shit. Um, so it's a, it's a really good show as well. I, I, I went 